0: Hi, I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, New York Times bestselling author and TV journalist, and this is Unchained TV's Voice America podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the solution to most of the problems that plague our world. And it's a solution mainstream media ignores, even though it only requires us to make one simple change. Want to know what it is and transform your life? Let's get started so honored, delighted, tickled to have vegan so delicious in the house, a.k.a. Charlize Rookwood, London-born vegan chef extraordinaire who has a message for the world. Charlize, I want everybody to hear your voice. It's so sultry. The first time I heard it, it was like, this is a movie star. Has to be because your voice, your look, the way you present vegan food makes it for lack of a better word sexy and alluring not a sacrifice take it away what's
1: your story good morning jane well that was an intro (laughs) thank you so much i am glad that um i'm translating well and and touching people um the way that i am i think my whole um my whole aim is just to uh Meet people where they are and just make vegan food look delicious and alluring. And um, just let people know that we don't just eat celery sticks. That's the aim. Well, your
0: vegan uh, recipes are on Unchained TV. And I urge everybody, go to Unchained TV. You can even just grab um, the QR code or you can go to UnchainedTV.com. And click watch now and then go down to cooking shows. That is a category. And you can watch uh, Charlize's incredible videos. And it's what I really love about them is you just make it so simple. And what you do is say, hey, you want waffles? How about egg waffles? And you show us how to make them without eggs and when people say, Well, what's wrong with eggs? I could go on for an hour. Not only are they just giant balls of cholesterol, yes. and uh, people are keeling over from plaque, causing a heart attack, stroke, et cetera, which is an excess of cholesterol in the system, leading to plaque, clogging the arteries. So you don't need it. It's um, something that we can still experience the taste of eggs. And we just use an alternative in the case you mentioned and the, the recipe you did. It was just egg, which is a, an egg alternative. Tell us how you put together your recipes. And before we do that, we've actually got a caller on hold for you. Ooh. Sarah from Atlanta, <laughs> your question or thoughts, Sarah? Lovely.
2: My question is, I really love the, I really love that you did the cookbook. I think it's amazing. And I like your target audience. I wanted to find out if you planned on going to different restaurants that were like vegan soul restaurants, like for instance, there's a place in Atlanta called Soul Veg. Possibly uh, did you talk to any of those people when you were putting your cookbook together? That's my question. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Is is this for you, Jane? Because I don't have a cookbook out yet. (laughs) Well, uh, there you go. I think okay. an inspiration for you well, to have well, a cookbook. I, well, I just, I just signed with um with my book agent in New York. So we are working on the cookbook right now as we speak. Um but hi Sarah, how are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let me ask you this though. She raises an important point. Um when you look at veganism and where it's going and the demographics. Um, hmm. African-Americans in the United States, the African-American community is the fastest growing demographic going vegan. I know you target communities of color to show them that even if you live in a food desert, yeah. there are ways around eating fast food. That's really your mission. And I know the restaurant she's talking about. Uh, I, used I know to it too. To Atlanta on b- business. And honestly, I would go straight to that place, it's have a fabulous vegan meal, and then go back to my hotel. Now, today, there's a lot of vegan restaurants in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was there, that was really one of one of two.
1: Uh, and that was really the only pure vegan restaurant. So we're seeing. I mean, actually, my um, my dear, dear friend, um, China, she um, bad girl vegan, she just opened a huge spot in Atlanta. And We and we had her on the Black Vegan Cooking Show for that specific reason, um, to give her an opportunity to showcase her new spot in Atlanta, and to show that with some love and some attention and some care, you can still create delicious, amazing soul food. That's that's their speciality. So we had her on the show for that specific reason, actually.
0: Okay, I want to hear all about your show. But first, first of all, anybody who wants gorgeous, creamy skin like Charlize, you know, <laughs> I want what you're having, as they say. Good lighting. You have the most beautiful skin, the smoothest voice. I think that... At the end of the day, it's attraction, not promotion with this movement. Look at how fabulous she looks, how fabulous she sounds, how happy she is. You want what she's having? Try to eat what she's eating. And we've got another caller. Lindsay from Tarzana, your question or thought for Vegan Solicious. Charlize. Hi, Lindsay. Hi there, Charlize. Hi, Jane. How are you? Can you
2: hear me now? Sorry. Yes, I can. Oh, fantastic. Well, I agree. That's the first thing that struck me was your skin. I said, oh, my gosh. And it's all those fruits and vegetables and beans and Legos. Except- well, that is the same, but seeds, you get me. But my question is, um, I'm a little, you know, I'm on, a g- starting to get into TikTok, and there's so many people out there with misinformation. A man was on there saying, uh, and he seemed credible, but he's talking about how beans, Leach the calcium and minerals from your bones, and you know, I'm over fifty, and that's a concern to me. You know, because of osteo, you know, process things like that in the future. So you know, and it's it's really bad that this information is getting out there. It even made me go back and listen to some, you know, videos of twenty one day vegan uh, vegan twenty one day jump start and things like yeah. that. So how do you counteract that? And do you do you encounter that at times in that misinformation and you know the hard. The more more we advance, it seems the more of uh, these trolls come out, and I just wonder what your Listen, thoughts you know are on that. Is. Thank you.
1: The the movement is growing so quick, like rapidly, and and with that comes a huge loss in money in certain areas, whether it be the meat industry, the dairy. So we're gonna get a lot of pushback now. it just, it, it comes with it. I think. I understand what you're saying. I think when I had my daughter, um, I came across what you're talking about now, what I was trying to figure out, plant-based pregnancy, a vegan baby. It was the most research I ever had to do, just trying to make sure that I wasn't doing anything wrong or she wasn't missing out on anything. There was so much stuff out there that was confusing me, 100%. But I found a few key people that I followed, that I trusted, I had to research. So I, at that time I became friends of Dr. Milton Mills and he really, really helped me. Um, I became good friends of Queen Afua and her son, Supernova and he really helped me. So I think you gotta find a few key people that you trust um, and you have to trust yourself as well. You have to also go with your gut. There's always gonna be something that's saying the complete opposite of whatever we're doing in life, um, even away from the vegan movement. Um, I want to get your story. Mm. You
0: have had a dad who suffered from cancer. This was a transformational time for you. You worked hard. You battled to save his life. Then you had a daughter. Tell us how you became vegan solicious. Okay, this
1: was all an accident. <laughs> You know what? With me, it wasn't an overnight cold turkey situation. I was on this journey from a very young age without even realizing actually. So I grew up in a seven day Adventist church in London and they are naturally vegetarians. So I spent a lot of time with my grandma. So I ate predominantly vegetarian as a child. I didn't like eggs and I didn't like chicken and I didn't like milk for no other reason than my body just was naturally rejecting it. It wasn't about the animals. It wasn't about the environment. It just, it just, I just didn't feel good. And my parents never forced me to eat or drink those things, which was amazing. Um, the only thing I really loved was fish. My parents are from Jamaica and Mauritius, so they're islanders. So that was the main thing that was cooked in our household. So by the time, and then you know, my dad fell ill. Um, with stomach cancer, and also three of his siblings. So it was a really crazy three years of battling to try and save family members. And the mad thing was, they all had cancer. So there was a pattern, there was something that was happening on the Jamaican side of my family. And whilst I was really starting to delve into you are what you eat, because all their cancers were stomach related... Um, that's when I started to really dig into things. Um, And that's when I made the switch. It was down to me just trying to, uh, prevention. I was like, you know, I can wake up tomorrow and get absolutely anything, but if I can try and prevent some really obvious stuff that we get from things that we're eating, I'm sure as hell gonna do it. So when my dad um, was diagnosed with cancer 10 years ago, that was when I did the switch. We lost all four siblings, including my dad, like no one made it. And um, that was a huge turning point for me. And I say to people up until today, as sad as the whole thing was, I almost see my dad's passing as a blessing because if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been where I am now. My daughter wouldn't be plant-based. We wouldn't be in this space. so yeah, that was it. Was my dad? That was the main turning point. But by the time I got to that, I really only had to remove fish and cheese. So it was very gradual from a very young age. Um, so it wasn't too tough for me. It wasn't too tough.
0: <laughs> now, uh, what I wanted to ask you was raising a vegan child. Because so many people are stopped in their tracks by misinformation. I mean, the fact is, you can get all the nutrition you need from plants. This is documented. Yes. Blue zones are primarily where people live and they have the best longevity, they live the longest lives, are primarily plant based communities, whether it's Seventh day Adventist or people living on a primarily plant based Mediterranean style diet. They have shown there's a great book called The China Study. It's yes, documented that. that you can live a healthier, longer life eating fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, and legumes. There's plenty of protein. Um, yet, the society still to this day sometimes frowns upon parents who raise their children vegan, plant-based. What did you experience and how did you counteract that? And
1: how is your daughter doing? First and foremost, she's doing amazing. Um, The tallest kid in school, um, just growth percentile is always been off the chart. Um, She never really gets sick. Her immune system is like bloody steel. (laughs) And if I'm totally honest, um, I would say, I think I've been quite blessed being in New York. There is quite a big community. of a, not necessarily vegan parents, but everyone's very, very open here and understanding and respectful of what it is that of, of what it is that you're doing. Um, the biggest pushback, I would say, it's it's more from doctors here. I'd say that's been the biggest kind of challenge. Just finding um, a pediatrician that understands my journey, understands why I'm doing what I'm doing, has faith in what I'm doing. Um, finally found somebody which has been an absolute godsend because it's hard when you don't have a pediatrician that doesn't understand your lifestyle especially when you have those well visits and they start firing these questions at you and they're looking at you like you're absolutely crazy (laughs)
0: Well, what we know is that doctors don't have better health stats than the general population. They get very little training in nutrition or preventative disease. That's yeah. why our healthcare system is completely broken. Basically, as Dr. Silas Rao, we did a documentary on him, puts it, and you can see it on Unchained TV. It's called Countdown to Year Zero. He says, We're all being factory farmed. That the healthcare industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the hospital system, they don't make money if you don't get sick. So Simpsons. everything is designed to get you to eat the bad diet. Then you get sick. Then they feed you the pills and they do the stent operations and all that. Because if everybody is preventing their illness by eating healthy, how are they going to make money? All right. We've got another caller, Nadia from Baltimore. Nadia. Oh, Nadia Wright-Brown, from Baltimore. Whoa. Okay. Nadia Wright-Brown is a very special caller. She uh, just had an extraordinary festival this past three days. Bring us up to date, Naja Wright Brown. Tell us, amazing.
1: Which festival
0: was
3: this? Jane, hi. How Are you Naja Wright Brown, co-owner of the Land of Kush Vegan So Bistro in Baltimore, executive director of the Black Veg Society, and co-founder of Vegan So Fast, along with the oh lovely Brenda God. Sanders of Vegan Apple Vegan so Society. Fast. Vegan Soul I, uh, Fest was amazing. It was amazing I, three days. Uh, I am we We're already I am planning for
0: 2023. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, tell us about it. Then we want to get Charlize's reaction. But tell us about it. It was three days, Vegan Soul Fest. Uh, we did a little sponsorship on Chain TV. We love Vegan Soulfish, uh, Soul Fest and nausea Right Brown. Um, tell us a little bit about it. And then we'll talk to Charlize about it.
3: Well, then kicked off Friday, um, you know, we partnered with uh, We Give Black Fest because this is um, Black Business Month and uh, collectively is a philanthropic uh, organization, so partnering with Afro Vegan Society and Black Veg Veggieci- Veggieci- Black Society to have the, all the vegan vendors there was amazing. This is a perfect example of breaking bread and bridging the gap, so it was amazing Saturday kicked off with um, a lot of talks. John Lewis was there hosting Yay! and doing his talk badass vegan he did an amazing job his his uh tent was filled with people wanted to hear his story about the documentary and why it's not out and the challenges with documentaries and everything and you know jane you've worked on documentaries so um He's definitely talking about why vegans aren't filling up the hospital. So it was great to see him there in that space and also hosting the event on Saturday. And then we closed out with Jade Nova, who's a vegan artist, and (laughs) Daly from the U.K., who's a vegan artist. And they were amazing. If you go to the Vegan Soul Fest social media, you'll see some snippets of the performances from Jade Nova and Daly that I took. Uh, We're ready for 2023. We need your support. The problem that people are having is they're thinking this is a for-profit event, but it's not. It is supporting nonprofits, and you need to support Vegan Soul Fest. As a matter of fact, go to BlackVegSociety.org right now and support us so we can get ready for 2023 and make it even bigger and better for everyone. And then it can be free, maybe. (laughs) Yay! Listen,
0: Thank you, Naja. Naja, you, you're my hero, and we will support it. We will continue to support it. Uh, naja is also one of our top contributors. She does uh, shows every week on Facebook. Uh, we love you, Naja Wright Brown.
3: Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Dan. I tell,
1: I was so sad that I couldn't make it. Um, I was away. I got back late, and I literally was just. I was just watching. I was just watching the, the three days unravel on Instagram and all my friends were there, Tori and Badass Vegan and Jade, everyone was there. I am, I am definitely going to be there next year, 150%. 150%. Let's, let's please, talk about the I look bigger... forward to it. We want you to be there. Listen, let's make sure we connect and whatever I can do, I am here.
0: This is what Jade, we want to do. please send me the
1: information to connect. Please. I
0: will. I will. Absolutely. Thank you, Nadja Wright-Brown. Please, Nadja, have a good day. You too. too. You too. She is a powerhouse. And this is one of the Love things it. that we try to do on Unchained TV on our Facebook, our Instagram and our app, our streaming network, where we have hundreds of videos, including Vegan Soulicious, is to connect people for the synergy. So that is, Um, Sounds like it was an amazing festival, once again, highlighting how the black community is going vegan in droves. Leaders in the vegan movement, John Lewis um, and so many others. Uh, Tabitha Brown now has her own vegan cooking show on the Food Network. Complicated. Yeah, I was kicked out of uh, the Food Network 26 years ago, pitching a vegan show. You know, they were like, don't let the door hit you in the ass. Can you imagine that? She's broken through. So tell us about that. Why do you think that's happening? Why do you think there is such a a, a, a surge of vegan consciousness uh, in the African-American community in the United States? And maybe it's happening in England, too, and across Europe. I don't know. Tell
1: me. It is, actually, Jane. It is happening in England, too. I think, um, okay, so I'm half Jamaican, half Mauritian. And there's a certain way that myself and my family have been eating for you know for centuries, especially and my Seven Day Adventist side. Uh, I think there's this misconception, um, especially in America, actually, more than the more than the UK. There's this misconception that veganism, uh, the plant based lifestyle, isn't isn't for everybody or it's, uh, it's unaffordable. Um, there's a huge access problem here, as you know, Jane, food deserts. There's a huge access problem here to get fresh fruits, vegetables, just basic necessities. Um, the easiest things to grab here are McDonald's and all of the, the junk food crap. And um, it's breaking those stereotypes. Um, I think the pandemic has really, really helped push um people of color to the forefront i think they had a huge shock of just seeing the numbers of african americans that were affected with covid because of their pre-existing conditions and i think that was a huge huge scare amongst the black community and that's i found myself on instagram when that lockdown happened that was when vegan solicious started to really make an impact, that's when I realized, okay, there are people are responding to these meals that I'm cooking from my culture. Um, They can see that it's accessible. They can see that we can make it affordable. So I think that has woken a lot of people up. And they are now seeing that there is space for everybody. You know, there's space for everyone we can all be included in this and push through this together and it's not that difficult it's really not that difficult it's education it's which is why I present things the way I do it I try and just meet people with a plate of delicious food I try not to lecture I try not to get too heavy I try to keep it light um, so that people don't get afraid because people um you know, people feel judged. They feel like you're kind of, you know, just judging the way they're living and the way they're eating. And I'm trying to break, I'm trying to break that mold because that's that's not what it is, you know.
0: So, let me ask you this question: You're raising a vegan daughter. You've transformed your life after you saw uh, four members of your family die of cancer and you are now becoming a major social media influencer. And there's also a show. I know you can't tell me a lot about it, but tell me, basically it was highlighted in Veg News. Uh, What can you tell us about your future plans? Because honestly, I think you would be possibly the best spokesperson for veganism on the planet because I'll have what she's having. (laughs) ha That's <laughs> <Bless> you Jane <laughs> that's a lot <laughs>
1: um yeah we we can talk we can talk and we can share listen we did a I don't know if everyone hasn't seen it, but we did um the first season of the black vegan cooking show and that came out on I One digital with Madame Noir and um, we did six episodes in New York um I have vegan and non vegan guests on the show, and the whole kind of vibe of the show is friends coming over for dinner and I'm cooking some amazing plant-based food we're unpacking their journey my journey we're sharing amongst each other we're sharing with the public um, the first season was amazing and oh my the whole thing has been so overwhelming um, the Today Show saw the Darnell Rawlings episode and they contacted me and said, oh my God, could you come on the Today Show and, and share some of Jamaican vegan food? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so I did that. After that happened, the cookbook deal appeared from out of nowhere, which wasn't my plan. Um, we are getting ready to shoot the second season of the Black Vegan Cooking Show in LA. The most beautiful thing about this whole journey, everything has just happened so organically. I didn't really chase and hunt anything down. It just, everything just slowly fell into place. And I am so humbled and so grateful. And I was having a meeting this morning with the network and um, we're putting together a black vegan cooking show, London. Um, which I'm really excited about because that's home for me. And the fact that I came to the United States and created this vegan Solicious movement, and now I'm having the opportunity to go back and and share it there it's, it's like a dream come true, Jane. It's mad. The whole thing is mad.
0: <laughs> well, what I love about you is you show how attractive, fun it is. Yes. The food looks great. It looks like it tastes great. Obviously you can't taste something on video, but your videos are just luscious with the colors and the uh, just beautiful, whether you're making the egg waffle or you're making a smoothie or whatever you're making. I want to jump through the camera and eat it. I'm on over. (laughs) And, and so I think that's the most important thing is to show people. This is not a sacrifice. I talk a lot about ripping open the meat matrix and Mm -hmm. that that's what we really need to do. The other day, there was a big news story about a woman who was eating fast food and she saw that her slice, deli slice had a nipple. Oh my God, I I saw it. Right, and she screamed and and it was a big drama. It's like, who did you think you were eating? What did you expect? What did you (laughs) expect? Because we've so divorced this food from the animals, that even a tiny hint that there was an animal involved rips open the meat matrix. And this is what we really need to do. Because when you're living in somebody else's world where they define it, you think you're free, but you're not, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening now. People think they're free. They feel they're exercising their freedom of choice, but they're not. They're Mm -hmm. actually being factory farmed just like the animals. 10%. 100. So when we rip open the meat matrix and people get to see the reality, boom, suddenly they have a shift in consciousness. And so how do we rip open the meat matrix? Not by lecturing people. No. They have to come to the conclusion on their own. We could have told that lady for hours on end, you know, you're eating a pig. Pigs are smarter than dogs. They are the fifth smartest animal on the planet. Each one is out the other but when she saw that nipple, boom. So how we're going to take a break here on Voice America Radio. We're going to stay live on Facebook. How do we rip open the meat matrix? How is vegan Charlie's Rock Rockwood, Rickwood doing it. And we'll be back in a couple of seconds here on Voice America Radio.
4: Sure, to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso show with key influencers for entertaining and thought provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Erso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. it will be the best hour of your week. We don't
3: follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: Welcome back to Unchained TV on Voice America Radio. I'm Jane Velez-Mitchell, and you are now re-entering a portal to a transformative way of living. woo I am here with Charlize Rookwood, and she is vegan so Her channel on Unchained TV features extraordinary recipes, and she's got so much going on. She's got a cookbook deal. She's got a TV show. Oh, my gosh. Her journey, um, basically, her family got sick from cancer. She started doing research. She realized the solution's a plant-based diet. She's got a vegan daughter, and now she's trying to spread the message to the rest of the world, we were talking about how it's not a sacrifice. It's an adventure. But we need to have a shift in consciousness so people see that this is not... We are a happy bunch. You know, yeah. we are having a good time. We feel good. Um, our, our serotonin levels are determined by our gut biome. And if you eat junky food, it affects your mood. It affects everything. 100%. Um, and, and yet people are fiercely defending their right to do something that is making them sick, that is causing two-thirds of Americans to be overweight or obese, that's causing heart disease, the number one killer. There's tremendous evidence that it's very likely the pandemic, which is a zoonotic illness, stemmed Mm -hmm. from a wet market. Um, There's wet markets all over the United States, by the way, more than 100 in New York City, 70 at least in Los Angeles, We're trying to wake people up, but people think they are exerting their free will by reaffirming their right to do something that is hurting them, hurting the animals, contributing to world hunger, and accelerating climate change. Animal agriculture is the least discussed, biggest cause of climate change out there. What can
1: we do to wake people up? Hmm. Well, listen, we have you, Jane first and foremost. So I am going to give you your flowers because you are such an important person in this movement and um, no one has a voice like yours. So first we're going to say thank you to you um, for creating these opportunities and these platforms and just um, you're fearless and and I love it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, thank you, but it's a team effort. I'm one little yes. tiny part of a big team we volunteers, yes. mostly volunteers. Volunteer. Continue on though about, about your, cause I think what you have and you can't necessarily strategically decide this. some people just instinctively or organically have um, a magical ability to sell something. Look at Steve jobs. Okay. Yes. He was the ultimate salesperson. He was born with that gift. He was also a genius. But what I'm saying is the medium is the message and the message is the person. And so you show by your very existence that you're having a great time here on this planet. And so many people are suffering from depression. They are unhealthy. They're miserable. And yet, how do we get them to look at you and say, I want what she's having? No joke. And transform their lives and become healthier, become happier. and also. Save the planet and animals in the process. How do we
1: exactly. do it? You know what? My angle, the the little, the tiny little thing that, the little bit that I can contribute. I say the is this a, is this an American saying? The proof is in the pudding. Do you say that here? I say that yes. You do say that. Okay, so the proof is in the pudding. Um, I found just I. I kind of stumbled across just what it is that my my purpose, my purpose was and just the way I was going to do this. It just organically kind of just – I come from the music industry, 20-plus years, so I come from a very mad space. So this space is a good space for me. Um, I found that just by me being myself and just being authentic and really kind of just delving into my roots and the food that I grew up with, um, Jamaican and Mauritian food, my house was just a house full of aromas 24 hours a day. And there was, my dad was a DJ, my mom was a model. So there was a very, I lived in a very extravagant household where my parents were like, just be free and live your life. That was my life and, um It has allowed me to travel the world and delve into different cultures and meet some amazing people along the way and end up where I am now. Um, All of that has contributed to the vegan Solicious space. It's all made, it's all made it what it is today. And I think one of the most important things that I picked up on from my followers um, and the DMs and the messages if they can, if I can really share my culture and, and be honest and embrace all those foods that I ate as a kid and veganize all those meals that feel like they're impossible to veganize, that has really captured my audience. Um, it's been the key thing. It wasn't intentional, it's just the way I cook. So when you see me on Instagram with music, and um, that's my house that that's what I do. I put on music and I zone out and I cook and I'm singing food for me is it's an emotional cooking is an emotional experience. Food has to be sexy in order for me to eat it. So the way I present it is exactly how I need it to go in my mouth. Like that is it. (laughs) So tell us about, because you raise a very
0: important point is that people say, well, I could never go plant-based because, oh, and they mentioned their favorite dish. And so by veganizing those and showing people how you can do it vegan, yes. uh, and it's more delicious, more delicious. I mean, there's a vegan Italian restaurant called Pura Vita here in Redondo and in West Hollywood. I'm glad it's not down the block because I'd be eating there every You'd night. Trouble. You'd be in trouble. They're vegan meatball calzones. Woo! Oh, my God. It's. Like, oh, my gosh. And people rave about it. People who well, that, are not that's, a, that's, that's
1: the thing, Jane. It's showing people that, okay, so a lot of my followers are West Indians. So got a lot of Jamaicans, Trinidadians, Bayesians. And when I made um, the curry no goats on the show for Dean Edwards, the DMs hit the roof. And the point I was trying to make with being so intentional with that meal and calling it curry no goat no one grew up frying a piece of goat and just eating it with no seasoning no one grew up eating it that way no one does that the amount of seasoning and fresh ingredients and the hours of simmering you put into that dead piece of flesh to make it come alive is insane so my point is you don't need it because you're not you're not eating it like a caveman so my whole thing was let me use this substitute i know people get upset because i use meat substitutes but i personally think they play an extremely important part in the transition for a lot of people i personally don't eat meat substitutes because i don't crave meat but if i was a meat eater prior i would most definitely be delving into that side of things so i think when when you present some real crazy stuff like, you know, curry goat or jerk chicken. Um, I do like this tofu fish thing now. And people see that it's possible. And they, when people can visually see, oh shit, she's making it just like my grandma used to make it in Jamaica. Everything is the same. The end result looks the same. I think I should try that. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to pull people in. Um, and just open their minds and um, I wish I could share with everyone just for them to see um, you know but hey I am going to be at Plant-Based World Expo I'm in the culinary kitchen on the 9th and I'm doing a food demo Jamaican vegan food so you can come and try some on the 9th at the Jarvis Center.
0: (laughs) I love it I love it so so When we talk about culture, you talk about Mauritius and you talked about Jamaican culture, there is so much plant-based there inherently. I think one of the ways to rip open the meat matrix is to show people that this phenomenon of eating meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner through fast food is a very recent phenomenon. If they go back to their actual heritage, uh, there was much more of a plant-based diet uh, worldwide for eons, and meat was considered a garnish, uh, and the only people who ate it for for on a daily basis were kings, which is why they would develop gout and the disease of kings. Now everybody's developing the disease of kings. How do we get people to realize that when they're advocating for, let's say, what in the United States would be considered, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, soul food, Yes, uh, Sometimes that's heavily laden with meat and that is not actually the heritage of folks. If you go back to it the original not. heritage, for example, here in L.A., there's a huge Ethiopian vegan uh, yes. community and there's vegan Ethiopian restaurants that are extremely popular. And so if you look at Ethiopian cuisine, the original cuisine is primarily they natu- they plant based.
1: They naturally ate that way. Already. I mean, my dad's brothers are Rastas, so they're idle. So I grew up as a kid going to Jamaica for like the summer break and just eating plant-based because they were idle. This is just what they did, waking up eating green bananas and cassava and sweet potato and, and ackee and callaloo and spinach. That was just normal. There was no meat on the plate. Like you said, it, it wasn't a part of it, but as time has gone by, it's been kind of introduced as the, you know, the main focal point on the plate and um, which is insane, but it's just breaking bad habits. You know, it's, it's breaking bad habits.
0: Um, and how do we convince people that by supporting that fast food, meat laden diet, that communities of color are supporting our own oppression.
1: Yeah. You know, whew, it's a tough one. I think it has to be through tasting, sharing and tasting. So the, the soul the soul food, the vegan festivals that are happening, um, Tabitha Brown's restaurant in LA, all the Ethiopian spots, there's a ton of like, there's so many Black-owned vegan restaurants in New York, and they're popping up every single month. And I think the more we try and open these spots, and when you go to those places, they are packed. They are packed with everybody, black people, white people, Asian people, everyone's in there. And the majority of the African-Americans in there aren't vegan. They're just going in to test it out just to see what all the fuss is about, what they They get hit with a huge shock when they sit down and eat that food. I think that is um, the obvious route is eating it, trying it.
0: Well, I say yes, but I also say there's 8 billion people on the planet and the clock is ticking toward an environmental apocalypse and we can't wait for everybody to saunter into a vegan restaurant. That's why I started Unchained TV, which is a free global streaming network. You can get it on your TV via Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, or your Roku device. You can also just watch it uh, at UnchainedTV.com and just click watch now and you can get it on your phone. Uh, 100% free because we're trying to show people, we're trying to bring Charlize to people and say, hey, Look at her. She looks great. She's got great skin. She's having a blast. You can tell she's a super happy person. The food is delicious. Try it.
1: Um, Well, that's the thing. Uh, Unchained TV, prime example. You have such an amazing um, selection of of different shows and and documentaries and, and information. It's a space like Unchained TV that people should be going to to just grab whatever it is that they need. It's education, right? And nobody wants to sit down and be lectured. So a space like Unchain TV and all the amazing documentaries that are out, um, just great watching definitely is a huge, huge help because this is not part of the curriculum in schools. They are not sharing this information. It is not part of the education system. And I and I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, which is heartbreaking, um, but it's these important platforms, um, play a huge, huge part in, in, in the transformation and opening up, you know, conversation and, and dialogue. It's, it's a shock factor. People need to see things that are going to shock them.
0: Uh, sounds like a great promo for Unchained TV. It's going to turn- be turned, your be turned into a promo. Okay. Paige Parsons <laughs> Roach is in the house. Paige, your question of thought for Charlize. Paige! Hello, ladies. Good
2: morning. This is such a powerful, amazing conversation. Charlize, I've been wanting to ask you this. What do you feel? You mentioned a little bit of this, and I think it's just, I want to touch on it more. You were saying um, how when people recognize or connect with someone like themselves or something along those lines, that's more likely they'll make a change. I'm thinking about my own personal journey. So, can you just elaborate a little bit more on that? Because I was thinking, what's the most powerful activism? And then when you said that, I thought, oh my gosh!
1: So, would you please? Thank you. you yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I think the Black Vegan Cooking Show is kind of the way I I angled that whole thing. Um, it's presenting. It's making just it's making food look like it's accessible to everybody Um, I feel personally that the vegan movement is definitely presented in an unaffordable white way like it is what it is and that's why people of colour shy away from it first they think it's not affordable they think it's not for them they don't have access to it and it's just not part it's just not a realistic space for them to be able to reach and connect um so when i when i for example the black vegan cooking show it was crazy the amount of conversations that i've had after doing that show which was a very very simple concept i'm going to veganize some jamaican and african food and i'm going to share it with you and i'm going to have some great guests and we're going to eat and we're going to um have some cocktails and some mocktails, and and I'm gonna present this food to you in the way that we grew up with it. I have been flooded with DMs from the African community, um, the African-American community. I was shocked at just the lack of knowledge that a lot of people don't have here of some real basic, basic things. And I realized, I knew it was important to have this, to do this this way, but I didn't know until we did it how important it really, really is. There are things that we just take for granted. You know, I'm from London, so I consider I've lived quite a privileged life. I was a musician. I traveled the world. So my journey has been very, very, it's been very, very different Um, and just sharing things that people can connect to from their ancestors, from their grandparents, um, from their Sunday dinners, uh, whether it be bringing in music and bringing in flavors and bringing in a little story about my grandma. When people connect with that, something resonates and they no longer feel like they're isolated or being ostracized. And it makes them feel empowered because they then realize like, oh, sugar. This is what we've been doing forever. This is something that we, our great-grandparents were doing, Like, but we just got a little bit lost along the way. And um, I'm just trying to help everyone reconnect to their roots and bring it
4: back.
0: Oh, I love that. Reconnect to roots yeah. because we are being sold a scam that this is our roots That tradition is going to a fast food joint and eating a burger that's gonna give you heart disease and cancer. Processed meat is officially cancer causing. According to the World Health Organization, that's bacon, that's hot dogs, that's deli slices, but they don't talk about that. Then when a company says, okay, you can't give up those chicken nuggets or you can't give up your burger, we're gonna make it plant-based and we're gonna make it look just like your comfort food. Then the newscasters start saying, well, it's processed. You nice. know, if you take a banana and a mango and you whip it up in a blender, that's processed. Doesn't automatically mean it's bad for you. But they're using that like a cudgel to try are, to keep Jay. us in the meat matrix. They are. And okay. it's driving
1: It is driving me absolutely mad. Exactly what you just said then. I literally I I find myself three, four times a day having this battle conversation on Instagram. Um, and I'm like, someone's always going to find something to pick at. And uh, I just say, look, let's just meet people where they are and let's just find a good... Everyone has a different starting point. Everyone has a different baseline. And um, I think if we go in with no judgment, um, we'll definitely be able to progress a lot quicker.
0: Uh, Absolutely. And one thing I want to say, I don't want this to be an exclusive club, the vegan club. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't even care about the word vegan if it's never no. again. I just, Jen, can I just say one thing? Yeah. I also don't want this to be, I am not trying to make this a black vegan club either. What I'm doing is for everybody, you know, Africans, Asians, whites. It's for, it's inclusive. I want everyone to come on this vegan, solicious journey you know, I want everyone to be going to their supermarkets and trying to make something they've never kind of made before. Like, I, it's, I know sometimes it can come across as what I am doing being just for people of color, but it's not. It is for everybody, but I clearly am on a mission in a certain direction because I am a Black woman. I am a black vegan woman in this space. And we definitely need more women, men of color in this space, speaking up and sharing, because that's who our people are more likely going to be drawn to listening to. But um, it is an all-inclusive space. I just, you know, I want to make that clear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I think another reason is that Fast food is targeted to communities of color, and also food deserts are enforced in communities of color. So um, it's important to give people an end run if they don't have a farmer's market, a way to make this food. And I cannot end without talking about world hunger. Uh, it was a punch to the stomach when I read the other day that 22 million people are threatened with hunger. Because of drought, because of climate change, which is in large part caused by animal agriculture. Of course, there were supply chain issues with the war in the Ukraine, but the underlying problem is that we're 8 billion humans raising 80 billion animals every year who are eating a huge percentage of the food while children are dying of starvation in Somalia and Afghanistan and across. Huge swaths of the world, and it's going to get worse as the temperatures rise and we see crop failure. In Kansas, just the other day, thousands of cows killed over from the heat and died. I've talked to sanctuary owners who say the price of hay is skyrocketing. It is beyond unsustainable. It has crossed into crazy. This is just not smart anymore. And the ranchers and farmers want out. Uh, We just did a rancher advocacy program summit where we talked to some ranchers who who are brave enough because they 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 risk getting blackballed to say we want out. And the the answer is there. They can mass produce mushrooms. There's we've done stories on Unchained TV about um, algae production, which sound doesn't sound great. You know, we have no no. dope with that. Be. Yeah, but it could I mean, it could feed the world. The so world, those people yeah. who claim they care about world hunger, they care about conservation, they care about the environment. This is the problem. It's the one underlying false assumption that we need to kill to survive that is killing us. And so the one thing about climate change is it could be the great equalizer. They're talking about mega floods hitting southern California where I live. There's drought all over the world. There's wildfires all over the world. We what, are- more, what more
1: needs to happen?
0: What more can happen? <laughs> well, I'll just end by saying thank you. You are, give me hope. You give you me hope. Give, you carry give
1: me- on. Carry on. Because- <laughs> listen, Jane, listen. Yeah. we. I say we are in this together. Power in numbers. Um, we need to do this more. This is the key you know, everyone coming together more and sharing and um, pushing through together. You know, There's, there's enough room for all of us. And the clock is ticking.
0: So I love your work. I love everything you do. I wish you the very best. And we're so honored to have your cooking videos on Unchained oh, TV. Listen, I am honored
1: to have a channel on Unchained TV. And we, we need to get some more content up on there. I'm working on some stuff with you guys now. So yeah. I'm super excited.
0: Thank you, Charlene. Rookwood, being delicious in the house on Unchained TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Woo! Miss> you. <laughs>